Hello and welcome to Nerd Vomit. My name is Doug. I'm a nerd and this is my vomit. There are so many things in the vomitorium that I'm so excited to talk about this week. Let's just get right into it. Aquaman. I saw it. It was a movie I saw. I think that despite its truly epic scope, uh, it couldn't decide what it wanted to be. Was it, you know, going to be cheesy one-liners and an action movie or... Uh, kind of underwater political blah, blah, blah with uh, Dolph Lundgren's King Volkswagen or whatever he was called and Patrick Wilson's um, Ocean Master or Prince Orm. You know, I thought they did a great job balancing everything in terms of, you know, really getting into Aquaman and his backstory. Mira, uh, played by Amber Heard, which was kind of the um, nice other side of the equation in terms of all the ladies going, oh, I'm going to go see Jason Momoa. And all the guys were like, well, it looks like Amber Heard was poured into that wetsuit. So that was nice. Oh, I forgot she was in Justice League. Like, does anyone else remember that? I mean, I know I've tried to forget Justice League, but apparently she was in it. Um, but they, they had, you know, Aquaman, they had Mira, they had Black Manta, they had Ocean Master, they had Volko, they had... Uh, the trench and the fisher people, the weird, actual like mer people with like tails and gills and crap. I thought it did a good job balancing all of that, uh, and I think that DC finally—I don't think necessarily cranked the code on it, but I mean, I think they figured out like, hey, let's just make good movies. Let's just have fun. And uh, James Wan did a great job with the kind of hyper stylized uh, underwater stuff. You know, I. I'm glad that, you know, DC's making better movies, um, but Aquaman was still kind of just a middle-of-the-road movie to me. It was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, I will say that. I, I thought it was going to be an underwater Green Lantern, and I don't say that lightly. And I kind of left... I mean, I didn't walk in with high expectations, but I kind of walked out with, well, it didn't suck, but it didn't rock. I, I did expect a bit more... I know I groaned a few times when, you know, Aquaman comes into the sub on, in, in the, you know, his first kind of big scene, his big set piece um, introduction, and he's like, permission to come aboard. It, it, I was like, ugh. It just seemed like Jason Momoa was just being Jason Momoa on the Aquaman set as opposed to being Aquaman. You know, I found kind of the, the whole thing with Nicole Kidman uh, near the end her uh, third act reveal, eh, I, I kind of saw it. I, I didn't see it coming, but the minute, like, it was like, oh, there's a monster. I'm like, nah, it's his mom. Um, spoilers. So, did I like it? Yeah, but I didn't love it. Um, and that's pretty much what I expected out of Aquaman. Um, I, 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 like I said, I did like to see Black Manta look like Black Manta, like he did in um, the Super Friends cartoon and the comics, and Ocean Master's mask didn't look as stupid as I thought it would. And, you know, I thought, like, in terms of them being on wires and pretending to swim, uh, it looked pretty decent. Uh, I was happy with, like, kind of the water effects. We've come a long way since the, the girl did the you know, really first ever motion capture type of thing on Disney's Little Mermaid where they put her in a tank of water and had her move around and then the animators hand animated her actions. So I think we've come a long way and I think I think that worked. I think the movie worked as a whole, um, as a sum of its parts, but some of those parts were loose and uneven 
and I think a, a bit shoehorned in uh, in terms of trying to make Aquaman something he's not. I know Zack Snyder originally said in when he was doing Justice League before Joss Whedon took over that they were gonna make Iron uh, Iron Man. They were gonna make Aquaman like kind of the Wolverine, like the you know the rogue, you know loose cannon of the Justice League, and that's not Aquaman. Um, he's proper and regal and standoffish. Um, he's above this kind of stuff. He's like Justice League. I mean, whatever. I, you know, have to keep track of 70% of the world's, you know, surface, and that's my kingdom. And, you know, so I, making him kind of like cool, uh, did not really work for me. Um, but that, then again, it's a different Aquaman. Comics versus movies. That's why they do different universes now. Speaking of different universes, uh, Black Mirror's Bandersnatch. Oh my god. One, loved the interaction, uh, the interactive uh, capacity for that. Uh, if there's one show, one entertainment entity that I think should have done that, it is Black Mirror. If you haven't seen Black Mirror, I'll give you a brief synopsis of just the series as a whole. It's an anthology series, which means every episode is different with different people, for the most part. Um, and it's kind of like a Twilight Zone with technology. It's um, this, And the, really the scariest part, and it's not like outright scary, but I'd say the scariest part of Black Falls, Black Falls, Black Mirror, sorry, um, is that it could, it, it could happen. Every episode, it could happen. Uh, and they rarely, there's one or two, but rarely do they have a happy ending. Bandersnatch is the movie. It's an interactive movie, so you make critical choices uh, the, with the character, who in this is, he's adapting a huge choose-your-own-adventure book into a computer in a computer game in 1985. So that's a lot of coding to begin with. And as you make choices for him, he starts to kind of lose his shit. You find out that the writer of the Choose Your Own Adventure books kind of lost his shit uh, and decapitated his wife. And that he was kind of driven insane by that, you know, there are all these branching choices, which is a very stylized glyph that you see in the season two episode, White Bear, which I thought was interesting. Um, but it's just kind of a, like a, like a two-pronged fork. Uh, upside down so the handle's on top. That's, you know, you can Google it if you want. White bear symbol, probably. But it looks like, you know, a choice and then being uh, two divergent choices after that. I'll be talking a little bit more about this uh, in terms of how it, it affected me uh, personally on my other show, Damn, Doug's Cute Mental Neuroses. This is just a synopsis of, of the movie. So if you want to know a bit more about how this movie affected me personally, and something that I do, uh, one of our upcoming projects, go and listen to this week's Dan. Anyway, so the writer guy, like, kills his wife, goes insane. This kid, uh, whose name I suddenly can't remember, but the, the main character that you're making choices for, like, starts seeing the symbol, uh, he starts freaking out that he's not in control, and what does it mean if you're not in control? Is it predestination? Is it... You know, does it really matter what you do? Um, you know, are you not your own person? And it's it's crazy. Um, I managed to get two... I managed to get all, I think all but one of the endings, because it's, once again, like an interactive um, choose your own adventure. Uh, there was a one part where I, there are three different safe combinations, and I got two of them. 
Um, and I found out what the third one was from a lady friend. So I'm going to go back and uh, check out what happens when you put in that third combination. But yeah, I got most of the endings, and one of them is happy, question mark. Um, it makes no sense, but it seems to be the happiest one, which is the train ending. One thing, I'm not going to spoil anything, because um, I think everyone should, should watch it on whatever streaming thing you can get it on. Um, I know there are versions online that are not interactive, um, that every time you get to kind of the end point on a certain on a certain story branch, um, it'll kick you back and say, you know, do you want to choose a different critical decision? Um, and there's a, a version online that's completely edited in that it keeps jumping like back and forth, back and forth once you get to an end point, um, which was a little distracting to watch at first. Um, but I kind of liked like watching it without the decisions after a while, because I was like, oh, I can just kind of watch this like a weird movie. I loved it. I mean, I love Black Mirror and Bandersnatch. Did not disappoint. My only issue is, since it was a huge hit being an interactive movie, is Netflix now going to be doing interactive movies? God, I hope not. I think, one, it's going to water down kind of the idea that Black, uh, Black Mirror put forward. Um, and I think if Black Mirror does another one, it's going to be compared to Bandersnatch, and it's going to have to be another gold standard, which wouldn't surprise me coming from Black Mirror and Charlie Booker, the creator, showrunner, writer. Speaking of gold standards from showrunners, writers, and directors, I I normally to the party here. And I and I and every time I saw this video game, I was like, eh, I'll get it next time. Eh, I'll get it next time. Oh, there's something else I want instead. I picked up uh, the South Park superhero RPG, the Fractured But Whole, whole with a W, the Fractured But Whole, and I'm, I'm just blown away by it. It's funny, it's immersive, highly addictive in terms of crafting and, and all of that. I mean, it's really a very well put together game to begin with. Um, the game mechanics are fantastic, the mini games, the puzzles, but the humor alone makes me laugh. Um, you get to go into all these different places in South Park from the show, and, and um, not the real place. Well, I'm sure they're, you know, people's houses in the real place. But the humor is, is I mean, it's a rated M for Mature, and it's the kids dropping F-bombs and saying horrible things. And uh, it, it's just fantastic. The, the premise of it uh, at this point is that Cartman playing the coon, yes, I know, it's he's dressed like a raccoon, and that's the joke is that it's <laughs> it's racist, and he doesn't even know it. But uh, superhero Cartman, because uh, I'm not going to keep saying that word, goes back in time to save this cat who's been stolen because there's a hundred dollar reward, and that's what he's going to use to start uh, kickstart his superhero franchise. And I play one of the teammates on his team, Coon and Coon and Friends. Uh, I play the new kid. Who I, I love that I don't talk, so that if I was a lady and I was playing a female character, like you wouldn't know. Um, and you get to choose your gender anyway um, when you're filling out your character sheet in the game. But uh, it's just, it's so, so funny, so immersive. Uh, within 24 hours of playing the game, I immediately went and bought the season pass so I could get the Casa Bonita storyline uh, with all the extra like costumes and powers. I think there's um, a Danger Room scenario that's like an endless combat uh, DLC or downloadable content package. 
Um, and then I believe there's a second storyline that I'm I'm not 100% sure what uh, what that is. I don't remember off the top of my head. But uh, the Casa Benito one looks really fun. So, yeah. Uh, next time South Park comes out with a game, as long as it's not like a racing game, uh, I'm in. I'm buying it day of if I don't pre-order it because uh, the fractured one blew me away. Um, so, I mean, I won't go back and get Stick of Truth. I might. My friend did um, quality assurance on that. But the uh, Fractured Butthole is phenomenal. And like I said, I know I'm late to the game on this. Um, it's like going, hey, have you heard of this Assassin's Creed game? It's something. You play an assassin. Um, I know I'm late to the game, but it's still something that I, I bring up because I regret not getting into it first things first. Getting into things first things first, I've been a fan of this next show since its inception. Um... Young Justice is back uh, the first three episodes. What? Almost an hour and a half season premiere of season three, Young Justice Outsiders, premiered on the uh, DC streaming app. Oh, man. I missed Young Justice. Once again, when the first season premiered, I loved it. When the second season premiered, I loved it that much more because it jumped ahead five years and characters had changed and it took you a while to figure out how they had changed, why they had changed. Um, and I guarantee you that there's a character's death at the end of that second season you do not see coming. Um, and they kind of, you know, jump ahead two more years on the third season, and they keep pushing this kind of metahuman thing where the first season was all about the light, this cadre of villains trying to, you know, take over the world type of thing. In the second season, the light teams up with the Reach, these aliens that are obsessed with the metagenes, and you you know they get into the metagenes on Earth, um, the, the genes that give people powers. And in the third season, it jumps to uh, metagene positive people being mutated to have their you know powers kicked on and being like shipped out to like across the galaxy as basically weapons of mass destruction. Fantastic. Like, they just keep pushing that boundary of the metagene story without it seeming stale. Um, I love the original voice cast is back. I love the animation. It still looks the same. Everyone still acts in character. Um, once again, it jumps ahead tears, so there are some things where I'm like, why is Aqualad Aquaman now? And, like, how did that happen? And they, you know, they've kind of eliminated some of the bigger... Uh, main superheroes like Batman leaves the Justice League and Superman and Wonder Woman are out in space so that their protégés, uh, Young Justice, can be focused on and be given, you know, a chance to breathe and act without a shadow of, like, you know, kind of the big seven, um, the Justice League, like, hanging over them. I am so excited. It's been six years since the second season and it was canceled and then they were going to bring it to Netflix and they didn't know how. Uh, and then with this DC streaming... They've brought it back as their second uh, debut after Titans. And I am thoroughly enjoying it. I mean, just the fact that it's called Outsiders, and you start seeing Geo... Is it Geostorm? Or is it just called Geoforce? I'm sorry, Geoforce, the Prince of Markovia with, uh, like, Earth-moving powers, or Geokinesis. Uh, um, you see Katana, you see Black Lightning, hardware out of nowhere, for, like, from... Um, the Milestone universe, that was crazy. I guess you had Rocket in the second season, so not that weird. But uh, just the cameos alone um, are always fun. Uh, it's a shame that uh, Tim Curry couldn't come back for the third season voicing Jig 
Gordon Godfrey, who could or could not be a new god, uh, like he would be in the comics. Uh, I mean, they've introduced Darkseid and Baron Bedlam, so who knows what's next in terms of Young Justice and Apocalypse and the new gods in the fourth world. Uh, but I'm I'm very excited uh, that Young Justice is back. I, that's like all I really have to... I, I, I'm just so... I, it's one of those... It's, see, I'm flustered just talking about it. I will say that even though it's a cartoon, it is not... I would say not for kids, not for young kids. I'd say tweens. Uh, and then adults that like their cartoons with a bit more sophistication. It's not like hyper-violent or cursy or anything like that. But it's just more um, sophisticated in terms of when it jumps ahead, um, you have like branching storylines, and there's not just an A-B story. There's, you know, at one point in the second season, um, the, the, the Young Justice has been like broken down into like, I think four or five different teams. So there's all the way like to E stories that need to be brought back and crossed over. Um, and there's double agents, triple agents, um, death and real emotions. And that's kind of the sophistication that I expected and am so glad I still have in Young Justice. Speaking of characters I love that uh, died, what a horrible segue into, I watched the CNN documentary Love Gilda. It is sweet. It is poignant. Uh, I thought it was short. I think they spent a lot of time on kind of the middle of her life uh, and not enough on like the beginning, uh, her, her, her youth, and then her death. Um, they didn't, I mean, and it's bittersweet when you watch it because you're watching as her little girl and you're watching her like break into SNL and she's so funny as Rosanna, Rosanna Dana. And then in the back of your head, you're like, I know that this ends in ovarian cancer. Like it's very bittersweet watching it. And it was very, very moving to see people like Bill Hader and Amy Puller and Martin Short, who dated her, um, you know, hold her journal. And they're going, oh, my God, like, this is her journal. This isn't a photocopy. This is her handwriting. This is it's it's like holding, you know, the holy grail um, of comedy. It's her personal thoughts. And uh, it was very powerful and very moving. But I did think that and they focused, you know, on like her and, and being in New York and L.A. and then kind of the middle parts were like the most in-depth, but it was like, eh, I, you know, I would have liked to have a bit more about the beginning of her life and, and more about the end of her life and have people reflect on that, uh, which I didn't really see. Like I said, I thought it was kind of short um, comparatively to like the Three Identical Strangers uh, documentary from CNN as well that I thought was excellently paced and, and got everything it needed to get into. Uh, in there, I thought that Love Gilda kind of skipped over a few things just to kind of punch up the, the middle of her life. Lastly, because I'm not going to say a whole lot about these other than I love them, uh, after Christmas and then after New Year's, uh, BBC has the big fat quiz shows of, uh, well, last year, the one Christmas was 2018, and then New Year's, they do a big fat quiz show of everything, which is a general overall like trivia pub quiz. I laugh so hard watching these. Um, I recommend them. They have entire uh, runs of them on YouTube. Anytime you have Noel Fielding, Richard Ayoade, and Russell Brand. Uh, even Catherine uh, Ryan is great in that. Big Nasty, who's a British rapper. Uh, he's really funny. They always have great guests. I uh, highly recommend it. And I just, you know, I like watching trivia, and I like watching, like, quiz shows. Uh, and this one is, 
easily one of the funniest I've ever seen in terms of just, in general, uh, I will watch any Big Fat Quiz show that I can find, um, and I'm always excited at the end of the year and beginning of the next one to see the new episodes. So, in that, uh, that has been the Vomitorium. I have a sign-off, but I don't know how proud of it I am. It's something I say in my personal life uh, when I leave a place. So instead of just signing off, blah, 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 I'm going to say this has been Nerd Vomit. I'm Doug, and I'm out like a boner in sweatpants. If you liked this, check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability, and No Applause, Just the Clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, yeah.